You're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. And TriStar Sports Live presented by Parks Motor Sales. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Welcome in. JP playing alongside Coach West Duncan. As uh chilly, cloudy day. It's all right. A little sunshine that came out today, in and out. It's good to see that. Feel a little warmth. Winter is upon us. Not officially yet, Wes, but uh, we're just a mere few days away. Uh, hey, we're also, Wes, 10 days yep. to Christmas. 10 it's it's unreal. Ten. You know, time is flying. <laughs> ten. Ten. Ten days. Yeah. Oh, um, it's 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 awesome. You know, I mean give everybody something to look forward to and be thankful for and, and you know, just enjoy the blessings of you know, even though it's been a shaky and rough year for everybody, uh, maybe it would be some light at the end of this tunnel, hopefully. Yeah, uh, without question. We hope everyone is uh, having a safe and a pleasant holiday season so far, able to maybe enjoy it a little bit. Obviously, going to be a little different amidst COVID uh, and the pandemic, but uh, hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there. And maybe we can get your mind off of things for just a little bit. Uh, we got plenty to get into. Of course, we talked heavily about the Vandy coaching position, as expected, Clark Lee. Uh, accepted the uh, for me, not for you. Uh, he was offered. <laughs> he was offered yesterday as we were on the air yesterday afternoon, and uh, he has accepted and was announced last night about an hour and change after we get off the air, sometime um, in the early seven o'clock hour, I think it was uh, Central mm-hmm. Time. So Clark Lee is the new Vanderbilt football coach, and. According to uh, VUCommodores.com, their athletic director, Candace Lee, had this to say, quote, Clark Lee is the leader we trust to continue the challenging but exciting work that will elevate the Vanderbilt football program to unprecedented heights. She continues, he embodies the demonstrated commitment to success, the integrity um, our student-athletes uh, uh, excuse me, the integrity and the strategic thinking that it takes to build a winning football program and help our student athletes reach their full potential. He understands the important role that athletics play in the life of a vibrant university and that outstanding scholarly pursuits at top-notch athletics are integral parts of the Vanderbilt experience. So that was a part of what she had to say Um she also wanted to uh, something that I think you kind of touched on yesterday, and I know you'll probably expand on a little bit. She had this quote: "I wanted to extend uh, Vanderbilt's deepest thanks and appreciation to Notre Dame President Reverend John Jenkins, the Athletics Director Jack Swarbuck, and Head Coach Brian Kelly for their cooperation during this process. It is very important to all of us, and especially Clark, that he be able to fulfill his obligation with Notre Dame program." and its student-athletes as they prepare to face Clemson in the ACC title game for the birth, uh, for a berth in the college football playoff. The dedication and loyalty demonstrated by Clark exemplify his character and what he will be for the Vanderbilt program. So there you go. So officially, Clark Lee, 
uh, former, uh, I guess, at least for this weekend, for sure, uh, the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame and is the Vanderbilt uh, football coach moving forward one day west before the early signing day of December 16th tomorrow. Well, it was, you know, um, first of all, let me say what a, what a good hire that this was for Vanderbilt just because, you know, last night there was, you know, it seemed like I was an opponent of this, but I'm, I wasn't. Uh, let me clarify what I was saying to us. Uh, I have a lot more respect now for Vanderbilt and their chancellor and their AD because of the fact that they are going to allow this um, coach leader to finish out his duties. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of teams wouldn't do that. Uh, so you got to give them credit for that. And you know what? You, it's hard to sell your program to people that haven't been through it. Um, JP, after you and I had talked a little bit earlier throughout the day, uh, I went to Vanderbilt's webpage and watched a, watched a little documentary over Lee that they, um, that they had done when he was at Notre Dame. I, I just watched and, that about 15 minutes ago. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And, and, and I was thoroughly impressed. And then I read this. The, I mean, of course, you know, his closest friends like Corbin and all those guys are going to give him high praises. But you, you talk about Rick Neuheisel, his former boss at UCLA. But then you got Tony Dungy, all right, who's, you know, a, a Hall of Fame coach. And he's talking about, hey, this this Clark Lee is one of the most brilliant up and up and coming coaches, not just because he's a rah rah guy, because he cares about the players and he also cares about the teaching aspect of his job. And man, that that to me as a coach, that that's one of the highest praises you can get. Anybody can coach, but can you be a good teacher and steward of the game? Uh, so I think Vanderbilt kind of hit this one out of the park. And like you said, they had to get out in front of this before signing day because this gives them a lot of momentum going into uh, the early signing period. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And, uh, you know, hopefully being able to uh, hang on to any recruits they may have had um, and also to potentially sway a couple of more that uh, may have been a little iffy. Uh, so that is a that is a positive sign, and I think a good move. Obviously, and that was mentioned in uh, Candace Lee's initial press release regarding the dismissal of Derek Mason and the timing because of the December 16th signing day period. So that was obviously at the forefront. They were able to get this job done, get the hire, and able to do so with, as we just talked about, with a program Notre Dame, I can't imagine, is um, is one to really open their doors quite a bit in the middle of a season to a coach being picked off to go somewhere else. Uh, that could not have been an easy proposition to do. They were able to make it happen. They were able to do it uh, somewhat quietly um, and swiftly right. um, and expeditiously. And I'm, I'm impressed. I, for all we know, this was the first option for – uh, the Vanderbilt administration. Uh, we certainly did not have any reports of any other offers. So um, I, I commend him. I, I said earlier this morning um, with Chris and Mo on 
on SMT and today that uh, I, I give this administration throughout this process to this point, I give them an A. Oh, you got to, because look how tight lipped we said it was, you know, they saw, they had their sight set in on their guy. Uh, you know, a couple of names we speculated, uh, but they were really impressed with, with one of their own. And that's my selling point on the guy. You know, what you can't you don't have to sell Vanderbilt to him. I mean, he 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 said that Vanderbilt football and you know, him only winning six games in three years is what taught him to be a better man and and want him to be a coach. I mean that that to me says it all right there. Yeah, no question. Um really excited uh about Clark Lee and I'm anxious to see uh how things materialize as we move forward. Of course, that is not the only uh, coaching decisions uh, that are being made throughout the Southeast. Um, Auburn, of course, Sunday. We didn't really get a chance to talk a whole lot about this yesterday, but um, you know, Gus Malzahn was uh, relieved of his uh, coaching duties uh, following their win, by the way, on uh, Saturday. But um, he uh, is receiving $10.275 million dollars. Um, which is 50% of that 21.45 uh, guaranteed um, within the next 30 days. So he's getting over $10 million within the next 30 days. And he'll as, get the rest after uh, that. Yeah, um, as part of that. So so he's going to be okay. Uh, he's Fire to get, me tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to be okay. So um, I went to footballscoop.com. Of course, we talked with John Bryce uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week. And uh, he has an article about this. This came out yesterday, kind of the early names to be um, banded around for the Auburn job. Um, He says multiple industry sources uh, have told them that Oregon head coach Mario Cristobal is firmly at or near the top of the Tigers' wish list. Now, he's a... He's uh, a saving guy. Yep, Miami, Florida, played at the U, and then, of course... um, coached under uh, Nick Saban on his staff and so he is uh he is one name that is out there uh Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian uh Sarkeesian has uh remains a top candidate as well um for several spots including Auburn but also perhaps Arizona I could see that happening right he's got that Pac-12 um he's got synergy. West Coast ties but, yeah but I mean Sarkeesian, uh, Saban's smart enough. He'll throw some more money at Sark. And Sark, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, and and I get it. You want to be a head coach. You want some redemption stuff. But you're not going to find a better job or better athletes than what you, where you're at at Alabama right now. You're just not. That's true. It all depends on how but, much he wants to be a head coach. Yeah, but uh, I will tell you, first of all, um, he is a good one, too. And the name that I'm hearing thrown around a lot, JP, yep. is the current defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele. I don't see it. I don't know why they would even entertain that. Um, but his name's being thrown around a lot. Yeah, uh, Chris Yao on SMT and Sports Today mentioned that as well and had a, uh, an inside source that he is probably the top candidate right now. But, but had the same kind of reaction. Doesn't quite understand yeah. directly – um, but he is uh, on this list. Billy Napier from Louisiana is another name getting uh, consideration. 
Um, of course, there are those talking about Hugh Freeze from Liberty, uh, Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss, and it's interesting, Lane Kiffin was asked about it yesterday, and uh, his reply yeah, <laughs> his reply was, uh, I'm going to quote my mentor, I will not be the head coach at Alabama. <laughs> uh, he's funny. He's good. He's good for the uh, yeah. SEC. I'm glad to have him he have him on board. So. Well, you know, and, and he's he's matured a lot, to be honest with you. Yep. Um, uh, he knows, but he's doing it. I mean, if you if you look at Ole Miss's offense, what he's doing is unbelievable. Yeah, down there. Hey JP, I got some. You know, I, I got some real good news right here. All right, um, is it college football coaching related? Uh, no, it's even better. All right, well, to be ha- hang on for just a moment because I've got one. I've got a couple other quick, okay. quick uh, news right. on this subject. Uh, Kentucky this afternoon yeah, uh, announced their new offensive coordinator, um, Mark Stoops. Uh, earlier today, announced that um, Liam Cohen has been named the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the University of Kentucky. Cohen spent the last three years with the. Los Angeles Rams um, as an assistant wide receivers coach uh, before being named assistant quarter assistant quarterbacks coach prior to the twenty twenty season. So um, he uh, coming out of the NFL to coach at Kentucky, and then finally, before we get to your um, your story, the uh, Broyles Award finalist semifinalist rather mm-hmm. have been uh, named. It is for the top assistant football coach in the country. And here are the 15 semifinalists. Steve Sarkeesian, Alabama. Jeff Grimes, BYU. Marcus Freeman at Cincinnati. Chad Staggs from Coastal Carolina. Brian Johnson from Florida. Kane Womack from Indiana. Phil Parker at Iowa. Tom Manning at Iowa State. Rhett Lashley at Miami. Phil Longo, North Carolina. Mike Hankwitz at Northwestern. Clark Lee, Notre Dame. Slash Vanderbilt, Brian Hartline, Ohio State, Jeff Leby at Ole Miss, and Mike Elko at Texas A and M. So those are your Broyles Awards semifinalists for the top football assistant in the country for twenty twenty. All right, Wes, what you got? I I would take every one of those guys on my staff for Absolutely. sure. But uh, no, I. <sighs> Look, being a high school coach, I need to bring some good news because uh, what the Tennessee Titans did today, you know, um, it was just a fantastic gesture. I'm not – I don't know if you're aware of this. I don't know if Chris and Mo had mentioned this, but uh, in the coaching ranks in high school football, we lost one of our own uh, head coach from Cofield, Kenny Henry – excuse me, Keith Henry – Keith Henry uh, suddenly got passed. Uh, he passed away last week due to COVID-19. And today, the Tennessee Titans named Cofield head coach Keith Henry the Tennessee Titans Coach of the Year. All right. And that's an award that, you know, Josh Corey, that they do every week to have a Tennessee Titans High School Coach of the Week. And then they all get to go to the Titans game and then, you know, one of the coaches gets the big award and they donate to the, the high school program. But I just thought that was that needed to be mentioned because that was a great gesture. They didn't have to do that. Um, and, and the Cofield community's hurting because it was sudden. I mean, all of us, you know, he, he 
he lost his battle within a week, I think. So I know those people at Kofi will be super proud of that. So that that that's that's some good news. From thanks to the Tennessee Titans for doing that. There you go. Nice uh, shining light amidst uh, uh, 2020 for sure. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we will discuss a little college football playoff. Uh, they will have their latest come out uh, in oh, about, an, about hour. an hour. Yeah, about an hour from now. So yeah. we'll project a little bit, um, and uh, we'll see what uh, what comes out. Uh, so that coming up. TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. JP and Wes hanging out with you. Happy Tuesday. 23 after the hour. So glad you're with us. Your kids will disappear when you hear. Hallelujah. St. Nicholas is here. When it's Christmas time in New Orleans. Go back to TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. JP and Wes hanging out with you. Little Satchimo there, Wes. Little Louis. I love Louis. Yeah. Louis Satchimo Armstrong. Ah, that's good stuff right there. Um, all right, a uh, little college football conversation. We'll get in the college football playoff. Coming up in just a moment, because uh, in about an hour from now, they will unveil the latest, maybe less than an hour, but after our show, the latest college football playoff ranking. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, and uh, perhaps uh, perhaps a little NFL discussion, although I think we may, we may find ourselves wrapped up in this, because uh, the playoff rankings and projecting what may happen. A couple of interesting scenarios uh, that we can get into. But um, something that caught your attention uh, after the, the headlines uh, from tonight, uh, Auburn's payout to uh, Gus Malzahn, $10 million within it. the next 30 days uh, and 21 total. So that, uh, that gets your attention, right? Absolutely. And if you look at the numbers for, you know, for it all total, it's $21 million. And if you're the average person sitting at the house right now, or you're listening to the show, you're going, hey, they can fire me right now for $21 million. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's been videos on Twitter and, uh, you know, all over social media about, you know, his, him dancing in the locker room after the big win on Saturday. Yep. And I saw a great meme that said, hey, this is Gus Malzahn after finding out he got $21 million for getting fired. Yeah, that's an easy one right I mean, there, huh? That's <laughs> so easy. I mean, I was just talking with my high school coach about it, and I'm like, man, I, you don't have to work another day in your life. You really don't. Yeah, uh, you're and, right. And, you know, you could bask in the glory and live in the Caribbean and know that you got you got the big payout for not being – what you said you were going to be. That's right. That is correct. I mean, it, it's crazy. It really is. But, you know, Auburn, they have a high standard of football. Uh, you know, especially, I mean, it doesn't help much when the school in the same state is just winning championship after championship. And, you know, I, you know, there have been rumblings for a couple years now about Gus Malzahn, uh, you know, wanting to get rid of him and stuff like that. But they rolled the dice and got on the bus again, 
<laughs> and he didn't bring, you know, didn't carry out those things. So, I mean, you know, these people now, they're starting to get serious. They're like, hey, we want to win championships. And you know what? In college football, and you're paying that much money into your coaches and into your program and all that, I can understand it. I really can. But, uh, you know, from from his perspective, um, excuse me, not from his, from mine, uh, let me correct that, my perspective from the outside looking in, Gus was a micromanager. I mean, you mentioned one of those guys' names as the Brawls Award. He had Rhett Lashley on his staff. And he drove Rhett Lashley away because he couldn't give up that, you know, the, the play calling a little bit. And Rhett played for him in high school hmm. and, and set all kinds of records in Arkansas. Uh, national records. Yeah. Uh, and he knew the offense. He knew the offense. He taught Cam Newton the offense and everything. I mean, so, and and you see what kind of job he's doing for Miami. You know, he's doing, he's taking the Houston quarterback and turned him into a draft pick. I mean, top 10 for sure. NFL pick. Um, but, you know, when coaches sometimes micromanage like that and they're afraid to give up a little bit of range, they try to tend to try to do everything, and then you're not good at the little things. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Oh, absolutely. We've had the conversation many times about um, having organizations where your head coach is also your general manager. You know, it happens in football, or it has a couple of times. It just hasn't worked all that often. Um, and also about your head coach being one of your coordinators. On one side of the yeah. ball, calling plays or being the the defensive coordinator, it's tough because it, it's hard to uh, keep your finger on the pulse of both. You know, we talked about it with the Titans, right? Uh, you know, and it's you know, it's like a tough said, position. It is tough because a head coach has got to be a manager. He's got to be the manager, and a good head coach surrounds himself. And I hate to say it like this, but a good head coach surrounds himself with, with a qualified people that can do their job, professionals that can do their job, and it really going to make them look good, you know. Um, and I said this yesterday about you know, uh, if you've got good assistant coaches, then that means you're going to have a good football program, and you're going to be a good head coach because you can let those guys do their job. And all you got to do is manage. And if you've got good hit assistant coaches, people are going to try to come get them. Yep. You know, I mean, look at you. We've mentioned Saban on here a bunch, but look how many different coordinators he's had in the last seven years. Yep. They, uh, they get that, um, that crimson Kool-Aid. It refreshes their careers. No question. No, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yep. No, and no. you know, that's, that's what it's supposed to be about. I mean, yep. You know, he said that all the time. My job is to train these guys, get them right, make them be the best they can be uh, so they can carry on. And, you know, I mean, why wouldn't you want to learn from the best? Oh, no question. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the best, uh, that's where Alabama is right now, number one in the college football playoff rankings. Obviously, after their 52-3 to win over Arkansas, they will maintain that position. 
Um, 99% uh, chance of that, I think, happening <laughs> later on tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame is at the two spot at 10-0. and Clemson at 3-9-1. and That one loss, of course, to Notre Dame, though, without Trevor Lawrence. And Ohio State, 5-0. and just five and just five wins, just five games that they have played. They're at the four spot. Texas A and M is uh, at number five. Texas A and M did not get to play Saturday night against Ole Miss. Uh, do you think that may uh, may may have hurt their chance to potentially move up to four, or uh, is Ohio State? Do you think pretty well locked into that spot um, when uh, when it comes out in less than an hour? Well, unfortunately, you know, it's the year of COVID. And, you know, uh, Dan Mullen had mentioned it, you know, even after Florida had laid a goose egg, uh, you know, didn't play good against LSU, he had mentioned, hey, this is a year where you get rewarded for not playing. Um, And he kind of took a jab at Ohio State. And he said, you know, Ohio State, we'll play Ohio State so that, uh, you know, he said, we can play Alabama's B team. and so there are a lot of jabs being going thrown out, you know. But look, uh, you know, it all comes down to money, and they're going to keep Ohio State in that four slot because they know Ohio State will be a northern draw, uh, and everybody up north will watch that. I mean, if you put two SEC teams in there in the top four, you know, the rest of the country will, you know kind of not watch it and that's not what they want um you know which is it may be what they get because after clemson and notre dame play one of them's going to fall out for sure uh i wouldn't say for sure i I, you know i i think they both stay in unless there's a blowout all right well let me ask you this Mm -hmm. let's say that clemson loses again to notre dame yep how do you rightfully so keep a two-loss team, Clemson, ahead of a one-loss team, Texas A&M. For the very reasons you just put out there, that they want ratings. Clemson is a better-known product uh, that will draw more because they've won uh, national championships recently, and they've got uh, the potential number one draft pick in Trevor Lawrence. That's a better draw than Texas A&M. Ooh. I, I, you know... But here's the thing: Texas A&M was smart enough to get into SEC. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah it's done and, well. Texas A&M wouldn't be here at this position at number five if they were still in the Big Twelve. Oh, if they were, yeah, if they were still in the Big Twelve, they'd be an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because they'd have probably lost to somebody like Kansas State or, you know, uh, an Iowa State, somebody like that. Uh, so yes, being in the SEC helps them. Uh, you know, it's one of these things we don't know. I mean, we'll just have to see. I mean, we can guesstimate on it. Uh, but I'm, I'm very interested to see this Clemson-Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. Is it going to stay close, or is Trevor Lawrence give you a two-touchdown favorite like they're saying? Uh, there's no no doubt he's the number one draft pick, you know. Uh, he runs that offense very efficient. But let's make no mistakes about it. They had a freshman quarterback playing for him the last time, and he threw for 455 yards. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I think it'll be extremely competitive. 
Uh, I think Ohio State Northwestern will be competitive. There's no guarantee Ohio State will win that one. And we oh. talk we talk about Texas A and M. They still have a game. You talked about this is the year to not play based on uh, what Mullen said at Florida. If Texas A and M mm-hmm. could, if they were smart, the best thing would be not to go to Knoxville and play Tennessee because uh, we we saw what LSU did to Florida. Tennessee yeah. Tennessee could beat Texas A and M. It could happen. Well, unless you pull a boneheaded move like they did and take your starting quarterback out that was seven for seven and start rotating quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm still baffled by that decision. Um, uh, but but it, it could talking happen. Talking about Tennessee. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and it, it could it happen. Could, it's college football. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've seen a bunch of crazy things this year. Um, you know, because, you know, what a better thing to do. I mean, if you can't be in the college football playoff, uh, you know, maybe Pruitt gets these guys up to spoil Texas A&M. That's right. You know, beating Tennessee does absolutely nothing for Texas A&M. Uh-uh. Absolutely You're nothing. To beat them. Yep. So, but it could take some pressure off of Pruitt on on the hill in Knoxville if he was somehow to rally the troops and get this win. Oh, sure. It, yeah, Tennessee has everything to gain. A and M has nothing to gain and everything to lose. Um, because yeah. only thing they got to gain is to maybe go to Dollywood when they're up there. That's true. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, and that brings in some interesting scenarios uh, regarding the the playoff. Uh, Alabama, let's say Florida beats them. Alabama's still in, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. So Al- Alabama's locked in. We we no matter what happens Saturday, Alabama we feel is locked into the playoff, right? Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, Notre I'm Dame. There with you. Notre I'm Dame. Good. Notre Dame. Clemson. All right. Notre Dame wins. Obviously, they stay in because they'll that means they're undefeated. Eleven and zero. No, no sure. no question there. Clemson. No beats, question. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Clemson stays in. I think Notre Dame, obviously Clemson stays in because they'll move up to two. And I think Notre Dame stays in. A loss to Clemson. I disagree with you. You think they go outside the four? Yeah, I think they do. And I think that because the the media will pound them to death that they lose this game going, hey, they're not who they thought they were. That's Notre Dame. Here's the, Talk about I a know, draw a that, draw for the playoffs. I know, but I'm telling you, uh, you know, most of these teams that we're talking about a draw have been able to get it done over the years. I think you go back to the, the statement of, you know, the last time, like you mentioned last night with when Alabama was playing Notre Dame, I think it was 2015. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one. With Some, Mantel Teo. Yep, somewhere around there. Yeah, around in there. And they built this game up big time. And, man, Notre Dame – Whew, they got beat worse than a redheaded stepchild. No, no, you know. Yeah, that no was offense, that, thanks. Yeah, that was that was a bad that was a bad matchup. Well, l- let let's put that scenario out there. Okay, Clemson defeats Notre Dame. Okay. Notre Dame has one loss. Clemson stays okay. in at ten and one. Alabama's in. Ohio State sits there. Let's say Ohio State wins. Now you've got Texas A and M with one loss at. Uh, let's say they beat Tennessee eight and one. Notre Dame and their one loss is to Alabama. Okay. Notre Dame's one Notre loss, Dame's loss is to Clemson. Okay, go ahead. All right. So uh-huh. th- those are your one. 
in that case, if Alabama wins, those will be your one and two seats. So which, which, which is better, Notre Dame or Texas A&M? <laughs> That's a tough decision right there. You, Thank goodness I'm, you know. You would have to move Notre Dame from two back to five, drop them three spots for losing to the number three seed, a team they beat earlier in the year. Um, uh, I, I just I think that's asking a lot. I, I think Notre Dame is locked in. Well, the only reason why I would see that they would drop them back is because of the Trevor Lawrence effect. Uh, I think you go, you get into the what if scenario, going, hey, if it's close, JP, I would agree with you. If it's close, now if Clemson comes out and they beat them by more than two touchdowns, let's say they beat them by twenty-one, I think that's enough to kick Notre Dame out. Bump Texas A&M in because then it goes back to okay, uh, they wouldn't have been undefeated or they wouldn't be in the situation if Trevor Lawrence would have played the first game. So that's that's just my thoughts on that one. Okay, all right. Obviously, I I, I guess there's no question that if Ohio State wins, they're in because the the playoff committee has kept them in that top four slot up to this point. Now, you know they. They didn't play last week against Michigan. They have dropped a couple of spots throughout the year because of their lack of playing. You see any scenario that they win and don't get in? You're talking about Ohio State? Ohio State. Can Texas A&M uh, jump them with a win I, at Tennessee? Hey, look, I would say in a normal year, probably yes, if they played a team-game schedule. But since the Big Ten has already made changes, I mean, they, they've pretty much stated, hey, they made these changes for a reason. They want them in the college football playoff, and I think that they're going to roll with it. So, no, I don't think that they jump Ohio State. All right, of course. If Which I was, is unfortunate yeah. because if you look, who is Texas A&M's only loss to, you said? Alabama. Alabama. Mm-hmm. And – quality of, you know, all these variables, they talk about quality opponents and all this stuff, you know, well, then you go into Florida. Who's Florida's only loss? Well, they got two well, now. now. They got two now, but who was their only one? Uh, it was, um, who was it earlier? Right. That guy, who, who, who beat them? People are yelling at the radio right now. <laughs> who did beat what? Florida? Who, who beat Florida? Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Texas there A&M. you go. There you go. Yes. Yeah. That that was yeah, your point. For sure. <laughs> that was your yeah, point. That was my point. <laughs> um, right. Uh, now, hypothetically, let's look back. Florida is obviously going to drop from six, probably to at least eight. Iowa right. State will move up tonight. They're at seven. Right behind them is Cincinnati. They'll move up tonight. They're at eight. I expect those two will um, supersede Florida. Georgia's at nine. I don't think Florida will drop past Georgia. I could be wrong. Right. Because Florida beat Georgia. I could be wrong. Um, But Iowa State then would be in the sixth spot, Cincinnati in the seven. Iowa State plays Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship Saturday. Cincinnati plays 24th-ranked Tulsa. For uh, the uh, the USA Championship or the American Athletic mm-hmm. Championship, right? Uh, any chance either of those? Let's say 
uh, Ohio State loses, and A and M would have to lose, right? Right. Either of those potentially jump a two-loss Clemson. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting scenario. Iowa State's got two losses in the Big 12. Right. And it was early in the season, but uh, Big 12 was way down this year. Um, Iowa, down. Iowa State lost to uh, Louisiana Monroe, uh, which is playing Coastal Carolina for the Sun Belt Championship, and they mm-hmm. lost to Oklahoma State by three. Uh, Iowa State's won every other game. They've played well. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, those are uh, one of those. I mean, Louisiana, but still, you, you don't need to – you can't lose to uh, a non-power five at home. Lose. That's right. Um, so, it'd be tough Just to get them in. Home. Cincinnati, they're undefeated. But, you know, and they're clearly the best um, other five – the group of five, they're going to get that bowl game, that New Year's Six bowl game. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there are too many teams for them to jump in order to get into that four spot. Too much will happen. Oh, yeah. So, ba- so I basically, we, it's we, five yeah. teams vying for four spots. Right, right. And it's all about who the committee wants there, uh, you know. But I just don't think you keep Ohio State out, you know. Um and I just don't see them jumping each other. You know what I'm saying? So, well, I think we're pretty much in line with the committee. So, all right. Well, as we uh, as we go to break, give me your uh, final final four. How all do you right. see this playing out? Final four. Yep. Number one, Alabama. Okay. Number two, Notre Dame. Number three, Clemson. Four, Ohio State. Okay, so that means Notre Dame beats Clemson. Uh, actually, I, I thought you were talking about for tonight. No, uh, you, no, the final, final one. Final. Yeah, who's the final okay. final four going to be? Okay, here we go. Number one, Alabama. Yep. Number two, number two is going to be Clemson. All right. Number three will be Ohio State. Okay. And four, I'm going to throw this out there. Four is going to be Notre Dame. Okay. So you leave Texas A&M I, I out. Agree with you. Okay. Yeah, I, I hate to do that, but. Yep. That's just the way it is. I like uh, I like Alabama, I like uh, Clemson, I like Notre Dame, then Ohio State. That's how I see Good it. Deal. All right, all right. Uh, stay with us. Uh, more conversation. When we come back. TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. There you go. Sing along. TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. JP and Wes. Karaoke oh, Tuesday. <laughs> love it. I love it. Are man. you in the spirit? You sound like you are. My I friend. am. Yeah. I am. Rocking around there you go. the Christmas tree. The happy <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. I mean, hey, we need some excitement and yeah, we, we need do. something to feel good about. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's not Christmas till you see Macaulay Culkin, you know, and Home Alone. And <laughs> Have you watched it yet? 
Oh, a hundred times. It's been on the you know station twenty five days of Christmas. There you go. And it's on there every day. And uh, I've watched Die Hard too. Okay. So, all right. Well, uh, before we um, say adieu to the holidays, uh, we'll have to do a um, a segment on our favorite Christmas movies. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. We'll, we'll, we'll do that later on in the week, yeah. for sure. Uh, later this week or early next week. So, All right, I uh, want to tell you, i uh, got a few minutes left here before we uh, sign off. Coming up uh, later tonight, uh, in just a couple of minutes, Columbia Central Basketball on WKRM 103.7. They're taking on Marshall County tonight. Uh, and Alabama Basketball tonight at 7 o'clock right here on WKOM 101.7. Coming up tomorrow night, we've got Vol Calls from 7 to 8 on WKRM. And on Thursday, uh, we'll have Hey Coach uh, from Alabama right here on 101.7 WKOM. And then on Friday, Columbia Central Basketball, Summit Basketball. We hope both of those will be able to play. And perhaps University of Tennessee Basketball, depending on how all of that schedule plays out. Uh, And then on Saturday... Right here on 101.7 WKOM, it is the SEC Championship as we have the University of Alabama taking on Florida. I believe kickoff is set for 7, and thus coverage will begin at 4. And then on WKRM, Tennessee hosting Texas A&M at 11 a.m. Kickoff coverage on the Vol Network beginning at 9.30 Saturday morning. So that's a look at what's to come on TriStar Sports Radio for the rest of the week. So uh, that's what we've got uh, going on. Um, you know, we, we do have some interesting games coming up this uh, weekend. We've got about, oh, about three minutes left here, um, yeah. Wes. And uh, just want to real quickly, it's a short window this week uh, because of, um, you know, it's championship week. And Friday night, right. we've got Oregon who is uh, filling in for Washington, who was unable to play due to COVID restrictions. So Oregon steps up in the Pac-12 championship game against uh, undefeated 15th-ranked Southern Cal. Uh, that game right. is Friday night at 7 Central from uh, the L.A. Memorial Coliseum where the Trojans play, and USC is a three-point favorite in that one. Saturday morning, the Big Ten Championship from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, number 14-ranked Northwestern versus number 4, Ohio State. And the Buckeyes, a 20-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Yeah, Surprises that's that not much? shocking. No, not really. All right. Um, uh, we've got, uh, of course, Tennessee hosting Texas A&M, ranked number 5 in the country, uh, 11 a.m. kickoff Central. Noon local time up on Rocky Top. That game is on ESPN, by the way, coming out of game day. 51 degrees, partly cloudy skies, the forecast in Knoxville Saturday morning. Tennessee, keep this one close. By the way, it's a a 14-point spread in favor of A&M. I think Tennessee keeps it close, but it all depends on how Texas A&M's quarterback, Kellen Mond, plays. He is either hot, and when he's hot, he's hot. But when he's cold, oh, my goodness. You know, he looks looks atrocious. And I think that's – I should have mentioned that earlier when we were talking about the playoffs. That that may be what keeps Texas A&M out of the playoffs is his play. That's true. 
When you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. Um, oh, and he's, yeah. he's not. <laughs> 11 a.m. Saturday morning. It's the Big 12 Championship presented by Dr. Pepper uh, at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, where the Cowboys play. Oklahoma ranked 11th in the country, 7th ranked Iowa State. Oklahoma a five-point favorite in this game. Early thoughts? Yeah, and J.P., uh, I don't, I, you know, my only thought is when you mentioned the Dr. Pepper championship game, mm-hmm. I know I'm throwing you for a loop here. I think they need to move them back to about 15 yards yeah. and make them throw overhanded. Yeah, I agree. I'm, t- I'm, I'm tired of seeing the two-hand chest pass. I'm, I want to see somebody throw it. It's like doing a you granny know? shot at the foul line. Well, and being a former quarterback, <laughs> I want you know I want to see somebody throw the ball. I don't. I mean, got to earn it. That's that's right. Earn it. I mean, you, you, we're getting a scholarship here. You're not, you know, you're not getting a teddy bear at the fair. <laughs> no, you're not. All right, <laughs> uh, Sun Belt Championship, Louisiana ranked 19th in the country against undefeated 13th rate Coastal Carolina. This game is in Conway, South Carolina, at Brooks Stadium. 51 degrees and cloudy skies over close to Myrtle Beach Saturday afternoon, 2.30 on ESPN. Coastal Carolina all the way. Yeah, they're four-point favorites. Yeah. And if you watched, I love their post-game celebrations. It's, it's crazy. They're good. They're real good. All right, we got about uh, one minute. Clemson and Notre Dame ACC championship. Uh, we'll talk more about this one and certainly talk more about Alabama, Florida. But first glance, Clemson, Notre Dame, who wins? Uh, Clemson. Okay, and Alabama, Florida, how much does Alabama win? <laughs> huh? How much does Alabama okay. win by? Yeah. They're going to win. Uh, Alabama wins by 40 for sure. 40. Wow, 40. Over no, 40. I'm just kidding. Okay. They, they, they won't win that much. They'll win by... I'm going to say two touchdowns for sure. Okay. All right. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, get more into that uh, coming up, certainly, later in the week. Previews of those and much more. That's going to do it for us. TSL presented by Parks Motor Sales. For Wes Duncan, I'm J.P. Plant reminding you, radio still loves you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We'll do it again tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow at 5 o'clock, it'll be uh, inside... Uh, what is it? What does Will Rapp call it? Sports Insiders? Prep Sports Insiders. There, I apologize. I just went blank. <laughs> I talked with him today. That's because the, yeah. the Trans-Siberian Radio I know. is coming through, baby. I love it. I love it, the Trans-Siberian Radio. I love Orchestra. it. Uh, take yeah. care of one another. Yeah, wash your hands. Orchestra Radio. There we go. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good night.